I'm Zach Miller, Editor-in-Chief of Tearsheet. The following was produced by Tearsheet Studios. We worked with fintech software provider Autobooks to create a four-part podcast series on the evolution of business banking and how banks can better service SMBs through a changing mindset, partnerships, and integrations. We've moved beyond the paradigm of banks versus fintechs. Banks are partnering with top technology companies in a way that plays to both parties' strengths. But these partnerships are resource-heavy, and they're hard. Hard to get to contract, hard to integrate, and hard to slot into changing priorities. Q2 is a banking software firm in Austin, Texas. 400 banks and credit unions use its software to power digital banking. So my name is Greg Varnell. Uh, my title is Vice President of Product and Development in the Innovation Studio at Q2. Q2 has been working on building a marketplace. The idea sounds pretty solid. It's a place where financial institutions using Q2's core banking software can go to easily add new functionality. Those extensions in turn are powered by some top names in fintech, like Autobooks. This way, a bank doesn't have to do big integrations with each firm it partners with. Yeah, so the marketplace is kind of a new commercial model uh, that we built out around our uh, innovation studio features. So we have SDKs and APIs that, uh, again, uh, allow our customers to develop. But in, in the marketplace case, it allows fintechs uh, to integrate their products with our platform. And the marketplace is a commercial strategy and where branded applications can essentially target the customers of our banks uh, or the members at our credit union. So uh, instead of us targeting the banks or the FIs with the product, we're actually going all the way through to the end users. And so the nice thing about that model is it is a way that banks can provide new products and innovations without having to take all of the risk on upfront, uh, which is typically seen in the uh, in the traditional model. And that risk, uh, you know, most typically is in the forms of uh, expenses. Uh, typically there's implementation fees, there's monthly minimums. Uh, and what we do with our marketplace is they're able to take those products and features at no charge. Uh, and the revenue is completely driven by the end users uh, purchasing uh, the subscriptions to those products uh, or in the case of some products, just transactional uh, revenue that's generated through the use of those products. And so it's really kind of changed the model and made it uh, uh, easier uh, both for fintechs to deliver their solutions uh, to the 400 plus financial institutions that Q2 has and the 18 million end users uh, that utilize our platform. Uh, and it's allowed banks and credit unions to be able to acquire that technology and make that technology available to their end users uh, again, with less of an upfront cost. Uh, and so we're just kind of trying to streamline that process. The idea for building an app store for banking has been around for years, but no one has really cracked it. I asked Greg where the idea for building a marketplace came from. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, originally uh, our founder and chairman of the board, Hank Seal, has been talking about an e-commerce platform inside of the digital banking uh, platform since the 90s. Um, and I have documents to prove it. Uh, and so it's always been something that's in our back pocket uh, to talk through. And really what was missing was the technology uh, and the platform, uh, if you will, to kind of make this happen. And uh, a couple of years ago, you know, we basically looked at our SDK and API technology and we said, you know what, we have everything we need uh, to bring a marketplace together to the market. And so uh, we did, uh, we uh, purchased some technology to help us actually run the store, uh, if you will, and handle the billing and the invoicing and uh, the charging and everything that's necessary uh, for this integration to the end users. 
uh, and then basically just built on top of the platform, uh, that integration, um, and, uh, you know, started talking with fintechs. Talking with fintechs about their needs to better integrate into banking environments was an important step for Q2 and its marketplace idea. Even if fintechs are well-positioned with their offerings and pricing, banks still need to allocate resources to partner with them. Resources that are expensive and short on time. AutoBooks was one of the very first fintechs that we talked with. We had a relationship with them through the traditional model. Uh, and so, um, you know, they had a uh, single sign-on that we had written. And uh, I think there was some frustration from them. Every time they sold their product to one of our customers, it then required an engagement from that customer to Q2. Uh, and there was charges there and there was timelines associated with that. And so it, it caused some challenges uh, uh, for AutoBooks and our customers. And then I think AutoBooks was also experiencing just the, you know, the, the, the risk of customers taking on their products. Q2's marketplace improves banks' ability to partner and launch because fintechs are integrated into their core banking software. Cycle times, engineering resources, contracting and launching, really the total partnership process, are simplified with a marketplace model. We had one particular customer that uh, has since launched on the marketplace that told us AutoBooks, they were a massive fan of AutoBooks. They wanted to use AutoBooks uh, actually in their pre previous financial institution. And then when they moved over to a new financial institution, it was one of the very first things they started pitching. And every year it fell out at the budget cycle um, because it was, you know, it, it was just not, uh, they just couldn't get the budget uh, in order to do AutoBooks. And so, you know, we started talking about this marketplace model. I think AutoBooks was very quick to see. They're obviously very smart guys. They really quickly realized uh, the opportunity that this would give them going directly to the 18 you know, million end users that we have on our platform uh, and almost bypassing that you know, initial sales uh, to the financial institution. And so um, you know, they jumped in with both feet. They wrote the integration. They integrated with our marketplace and, uh, uh, and we were able to launch. And their original, uh, from the beginning development to launching, uh, took about the same time that it typically takes uh, them to launch. Uh, with one of our customers in the previous model. Um, and then since they've done that, we're able to launch customers uh, with AutoBooks now, literally in a matter of weeks. Um, and so it's completely changed their life cycle, both from a sales perspective and an implementation perspective, um, which I think has been exciting. And, uh, um, you know, those customers, that customer that I talked about that was unable to get AutoBooks, uh, was able to acquire AutoBooks, uh, you know, through the marketplace because it kind of changed that commercial model for them. Uh, and they're seeing tremendous success with their, uh, with their end users now. Banks want to be innovative. They want to introduce new features and functionality. But the process doesn't necessarily play to their strengths. Even when you get to contract, it can take months to get approvals from legal before a partnership is even launched. Yeah, so the benefits uh, are, are multi. We tried to um, you know, really solve a lot of the challenges that we see financial institutions experience when they're trying to acquire technology. And, you know, there's not an FI I've ever talked to that says they don't want to be innovative and don't want to offer new features and new functionality. And I feel like as an industry, we really put a lot of pressure on the financial institutions to be innovative and to provide new technologies and new capabilities and new features. Uh, but then we try to make it as difficult on them as possible to do so. And so really with the marketplace, that's what we are trying to solve. Uh, and so there are compliance and operations type uh, facet to the marketplace where we try to help with the due diligence and we try to provide the information uh, to help them be able to make those decisions quicker 
from the contracts um, Q2 has negotiated the contracts with the uh, fintechs. And so the uh, our customers don't have to do that as well. They'll basically, they they get to uh, take advantage of the, the contracts that we've negotiated on a, you know, the backs of all of our financial institutions. Um, and so quick contract and then very, very quick implementation. With negotiations and contracting out of the way, banks are freed up to move faster. Banks can launch products much quicker using a marketplace like Q2s than they could if they worked directly with fintechs. The marketplace is written uh, with our SDK in a way that we can launch it uh, in a matter of days. And so once, uh, once an FI has decided that they want to take uh, a new product you know, through our marketplace, some of the products we can you know, literally turn on the same day. Some of the products that require some implementations between the financial institution and the fintech you know, can take a little bit longer, but we're seeing those timelines decrease tremendously. Uh, and then for the most part, Q2 is out of, we, we stay out of the way. We have the integration, we can turn the integration on for them very quickly, uh, but we're not coming in with contracts and pricing and, and you know, timing and slots and implementation timelines and all that kind of stuff that, uh, that you traditionally see. So for the F5s, it is, uh, you know, it is, it is that uh, um, kind of group negotiated rates it's the very quick implementation timelines. It's assistance with the documentation and the compliance uh, information that they need. Uh, and then it's, you know, the, the very quick to market launch. Um, we also uh, support the financial institutions with the marketing materials, the go-to-market strategies uh, for these fintechs as well. As you can imagine for, uh, for these banks uh, in credit unions, the technology is just one small piece uh, of the overall product offering. There's support models, there's uh, marketing, there is communications and education that needs to happen as well. Uh, and so Q2 is able to take a, a, a leadership role in, in each of those uh, through the marketplace. Marketplaces like Q2s also benefit fintechs who sit opposite banks during vendor selection processes. They want to move fast, integrate more deeply, but it doesn't always happen that way with their bank partnerships. A marketplace changes that dynamic. Yeah, so I think for them, uh, there's there's uh, really two key features. Uh, first is the ability to target those 18 million end users that we talked about, uh, or the 400 plus financial institutions. A lot of uh, younger fintechs building out the sales teams, doing the negotiations, doing the contracts uh, is really where they spend the majority of their time, uh, and not spending the majority of their time, you know, in the technology. And so, with the marketplace, a single integration into our platform provides them access to all of our customers, regardless of core, regardless of the other integrations that are necessary. Uh, and so that can provide a, uh, a real you know, kickstart uh, for the fintechs in order to, uh, to, to really gain market share. The, uh, the other thing is our platform as a whole provides a lot of technologies to these fintechs. And so it can actually speed their uh, you know, technology build out uh, of some of the capabilities of their uh, of their products as well. There's some nuance here with fintech bank integrations. A marketplace at the banking software level helps fintechs stay out of the weeds when it comes to handling sensitive financial data, for example. One story I really like to share is uh, we were talking with a fintech that basically does team management uh, for commercial entities. So think, uh, think employee scheduling, uh, time cards, that kind of stuff. And we said, man, you know, you have all this information. I know an employee was scheduled to work on Monday and they showed up and clocked in and clocked out on Monday. It'd be really cool if you could just pay them immediately having that information. And the fintech said, no, man, I don't want to know their SSN. I don't want any of their 
NPI data. Like I don't want to have access to any of that because that's just a risk they didn't want to take on. And the cool thing was with the Q2 platform is they could actually initiate that transaction without having to know any of that information about the end user because our platform provides that capability as well as that uh, segregation of that. And so they could tell us pay user whatever GUID they have uh, and we could go initiate the rest of that without them having to have that NPI data. And so that is, I think, a really neat piece of our platform as well. We're a 16-year-old company. We have a tremendous amount of capabilities on the platform uh, that we built over time. And so fintechs can actually take advantage of those capabilities as well. For fintechs to work effectively with banks, they frequently need to integrate with banks' cores. That's a big undertaking for startups that want to move quickly and use their resources for new products, not long integration cycles. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that is is probably one of the leading examples is is that ability to uh, um, to launch. I think there's another example even with AutoBooks uh, where we have a had a customer that couldn't purchase AutoBooks because AutoBooks did not have an interface to their core, and in order to build that interface to their core to receive the balances and the transaction history necessary for the accounting platform for AutoBooks uh, was going to be a tremendous amount of you know implementation and development effort for AutoBooks. And somebody had to pay for that. And it either it was the FI that was going to have to pay for that or AutoBooks was going to have to eat that. And so obviously when the marketplace came along, AutoBooks is able to get that balance information, the transaction history from the Q2 platform, because uh, we already have those integrations, as you can imagine, to run a digital banking platform. We have to have excellent integrations with the cores. And so they were able to take the marketplace, were able to provide AutoBooks, the balances and transaction histories. AutoBooks didn't have to go create that integration, which means nobody had to go pay for that uh, integration because uh, it wasn't necessary. And so I think that was a huge win, um, you know, both for AutoBooks and the financial institution uh, in, in that particular case. It's not just the banks and fintechs that are finding their feet with the marketplace. End users appreciate it too. They get access to better, more modern tech built by teams dedicated to creating great financial products. You know, really, ultimately, the winners is the, is the banks and credit unions end users that get to, to get to take advantage of these new features uh, inside of the platform. Um, and so that's where uh, I think the, you know, the most excitement is, is reading the, the Twitter feeds and the feedback that the banks and the financial institutions get from offering these new services to their end users and the excitement that they have getting these, uh, these new capabilities. Um, you know, with, uh, without the FI having to take a lot of risk in that and the fintech even having to take a lot of risk in that. And so I think that's been the most exciting thing to see. Looking out into the future, Greg and Q2 have big plans for Marketplace. If all plays out, FIs, fintechs, and customers all win. Maybe most interesting of all, this win-win-win scenario would re-entrench banks at the center of their customers' financial ecosystems. Yeah, and so kind of maybe an interesting thought here, but I feel like putting banks at the center of the commercial needs of their of their commercial customers and looking forward we're going to do that through technology <clears throat> excuse me which historically banks basically did through relationships if i look back you know into the 60s and 70s if i wanted to start a business i'd go to my bank and that's where i'd look at funding they would give me names of realtors if i needed to find a location they'd give me names of accountants that could help me out they give me maybe names of attorneys or uh, that could help me draft the doc, you know, the legal documents that I needed to start my business. And really the bank was the center of the universe uh, when it came to, you know, commercial entities. And over time, if I wanted to start a bank, you know, sorry, start a 
a business today, I'd just probably go to a ton of different websites and I'd go to, you know, a website that gave me the legal entities. I'd go to real estate websites and start looking at commercial real estate. I'd probably go to a bank still to get the lending, but I would really be, you know, all over the place when it comes to getting that uh, information. And really, we feel like with the marketplaces, we can bring the bank back to really the center of that relationship where I could go to my commercial bank and I could have access to all of those various technologies from a single location through a single authentication, through a single account, uh, if you will. And so we really feel like we can help, you know, the banks be the center of that relationship again, provide that expertise um, instead of, you know, commercial entities having to go to a bunch of different places. And the nice thing for the commercial entities uh, and even retail entities is now you're doing it from, you know, a very trusted login, a trusted authentication from a single endpoint, and you're gaining access to really all of the things you need to either run your personal financial life uh, or from a business to be able to run your business and, you know, kind of that single pane of glass. And so we really think that is a tremendous opportunity, um, you know, both for, for the commercial end users, for the banks at FIs and for the fintechs. And banks get this, I think. A marketplace model wouldn't actually change their businesses too much from what they do today. I asked Greg what he thought banks look like in the future. Yeah, I mean, not tremendously different than they do today. I mean, I, I feel like those banks um, are still going to have the commercial expertise. They're still going to have the leadership when it comes around to lending. Um, but, uh, you know, our hope is that the smaller regional and community banks uh, are going to be able to be uh, a little more impactful in those commercial endeavors. Um, and so, um, you know, they will be able to participate uh, in more of that business, be able to participate and help that business even more uh, than they're capable of doing today, which obviously drives success uh, for everybody, both the commercial entity and the financial institution and, and really the community overall, um, which is, you know, really our mission here at Q2 uh, is to strengthen communities uh, through diverse and, and strong financial institutions. And so uh, we bring technology to do that. And so that's kind of what we see is these community and regional uh, banks really being able to participate and help build the community through those, uh, through those uh, commercial businesses. This concludes a four-part series we've been running in conjunction with Autobooks. To access the other episodes in the series, head on over to the Tearsheet website.